Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll keep the track down, screaming like the crowd's going to react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated. And hey, this the talking part. What's going on, guys? Episode 20, Elijah. 20 times. We've done some boxing talk. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. How you been? We we were off last week. How's uh, how's the McNeil going on here? Oh, not too bad. Just a lot of work as always. But you know, I got caught up on most of the boxing, so I'll be able to talk about it now. I'm excited. You know, and we 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 said guys that you know this this. We may have one break or something if somebody has to go to the bathroom, but this this could be a this could be just a speed run show. Uh, we're just we're just gonna rapid fire because there's two weeks to cover and we don't have time to screw around with a lot of it. And I'm excited. Um, for once, for for once, uh, we we weren't we weren't mad at promoters. Oh, Aaron. The two main promoters that we needed actually got their act together, and I think. Real quick before we start recapping things, we can go into this later, obviously. But Canelo Golovkin two is official. Joshua Wilder's official. Doesn't it just feel like a breath of fresh air after all the complaining and, and bickering and con- confusion? Hey, I mean, I told you. Think on the positive side. Maybe something yeah. will turn out and happen and happen like it should. And it didn't look like it was going to happen, but. I mean, it happened. I just wonder how bad Golovkin and Deontay Wilder are getting screwed in the whole situation. <laughs> well, so they, what they did was they released. So it sounded like everything that I got, because we broke this last week, um, that the fight wasn't going to happen on SportsCast. And then the yeah. next day they had that deadline, and apparently the deadline passed and nothing happened. And De La Hoya said, all right, it's over. Um, the deadline passed. They didn't budge. It is what it is. The MGM is the one who saved this fight. Apparently, they're doing a fifty-seven and a half to a forty-two and a half split for the Canelo Golovkin money. So still not fifty-fifty, but I mean six and a half or seven and a half percent off. I don't think that's atrocious. You know, if if you really want to call him the A side and there's that and it's just that much of a split, fine, whatever. It's it's better than sixty five thirty five. But yeah, apparently what saved it was the MGM said what they'll do is they're going to raise every ticket price, so all the all the seats are going to just cost more. So the split will essentially give both fighters more money, and then they can still do the same split but get a bigger payroll. And that's why they said oh, okay. they would do so. So the, fans are getting screwed. so the fans are getting screwed over now then. Yeah, because now I, I, the only thing I can think of is if some of these hotels maybe don't super mark up their hotels like they usually do because they know the fans are going to have to pay more. I think it was already like three grand for ringside at the last fight. I think the cheapest ticket, um, the nosebleed seats were 500 for the first fight. 
Oh. So I don't Man. know what the pickup's going to be. Maybe they go up to 650 and it goes up to some crazy number for ringside. I don't know. I'll try to get the, the analytics behind it, but uh, I've seen nothing with Joshua Wilder, what the terms are. But what I'm wondering is, obviously the, the Hail Mary play worked for the MGM, but when it's all said and done, do you think Loeffler and De La Hoya and Finkel and, and uh, Eddie Hearn all just kind of realized this is the no-brainer. This is the stupidest thing if we don't do this because everybody's losing money. Do you think cooler heads just prevailed because they all went, there's no reason that we're not doing this? It doesn't make a logical sense? Uh, I don't know necessarily if I would say I believe that they think cooler heads prevailed. I think it's more of the guys who weren't getting – the cut that they felt like they deserved just kind of decided like, you know, this fight's going to make, even though I don't not get in the cut I deserve, this fight's probably mm-hmm. going to make me the most money out of any fight that I can take right now. And it's the biggest fight that I can take right now. So I guess I might as well just do it because I don't have any other choice if I wanted to get this fight to 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 go down, so that's my opinion. Um, Golovkin or Canelo Golovkin two. The original ticket prices were five grand, twenty five hundred, two thousand, fifteen hundred, eight hundred, seven hundred, five hundred, and three hundred, uh, not including applicable service charges and taxes. So all those are going to go up. It'll be interesting Jeez. to see how. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Five hundred for that nosebleed. 650 for like center nosebleed, uh, like your center court, and you're not looking over a ring post. So that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I, you know, though Joshua Wilder, I know they were aiming for Mexican Independence Weekend, but obviously Canelo Golovkin 2 is going to take that like they did last year. So that means we'll see Joshua Wilder, I'm assuming, probably October. So back to back months, we could get big fights. And then December, Lomachenko comes back and who knows, maybe we get something with Crawford and Spence in uh, November, but we'll get into that. Um, I think the best way to go about this, uh, to knock out these results, is let's start back with July 9th, two weeks ago, and kind of break down okay. those shows. And I think the, the first fight I want to talk about, just because it was the, the biggest atrocity I have seen in a long time, Tyson Fury fights Sefer Sefi Seferi who was oh, a cruiserweight fighting under 200 pounds at heavyweight. Uh, Tyson Fury is carrying him around like it's, his, like it's their wedding at the weigh-in. This fight sucked. Um, I, didn't even, I didn't even watch it for the simple fact that it just, just <laughs> was like a waste. It, it was just a waste of time to me. Like I saw highlights, but I had no interest in watching it. I mean, I mean, it was, I hate, it was terrible. I hate watching Tyson Fury fight, anyways, because he's uh he's like one of the one of the most awkward, goofiest fighters I think I've ever seen in my life, besides Moises Flores. But but yeah, I just I I didn't want I, I had no interest in it. So you can break it down, and I'll listen to you <laughs> rant about it. Look, I'll just say this: I think in the first round they maybe each threw about five punches. The crowd. Oh God! Then in the second round, there was like 
some people in the crowd kind of started getting into it. Like there was like a mini scuffle. Both fighters stopped fighting. To wa- like they, they turned and were watching it. They weren't even looking at each other in the ring. They were watching the crowd with the scuffle. Oh, man. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I, I've never in my life seen something like that. It was it was awful. Finally, by the end of the fourth round, um, Seferi's corner wouldn't let him continue because he said he was taking too much punishment. And that was it. And I'm sure Tyson Fury had had so much to say about how good he was and who he's coming for and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they, they talked to his promoter, and he's like, he's coming back next month, and he's going to fight everybody, and, you know, he'll fight Dillian White and blah, 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 and all these, you know, do, do, all these guys and names and, you know, bo, 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 bo. And I, it was it was awful. It was trash. It was so bad. It was it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a guy. You know, it it it's one of those things that still to this day pisses me off that he he beat Klitschko. <laughs> you know, like Isn't I just crazy? it's 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 and that that is the reason I always have that anything can happen mentality because. You know, and, I, and I've seen him even bring it up. He's he when they were talking, well, do you want to fight Anthony Joshua? And he's like, oh, I'd whoop Joshua. He's like, he's like, didn't you see the trouble Joshua had with Klitschko? I made short work of Klitschko compared to what Joshua did. If Joshua can't handle Klitschko's punches, how is he going to handle mine? It's like, are you kidding me? Klitschko, that was the worst fight Klitschko's had in his entire life, and it was the best fight you've ever had in your entire life, and they just happened to be in the same night. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Klitschko would have would have came into the Tyson Fury fight the way that he fought Anthony Joshua. He would have floored Fury in four rounds. Yeah. Let's be let's let's be real. I mean, Klitschko Klitschko's going to go down as one of the best heavyweights. I think you could argue ever. I, I mean, I I don't know if you put him over you know Ali and Frazier and those kind of guys, but he's definitely in that top five, top ten contention. I mean, his resume and his length of his title reign shows it, but. Tyson Fury acts like, you know, he, Joshua was a scrub for for taking eleven rounds to be like, dude, get out of here, get out of here. Yeah, um, I almost hope Fury gets a big fight and then gets slaughtered, just like we saw of Jeff Horn later that night. <laughs> because that, that's another guy where I'm like, man, he. he I would he, like to, I would like to see him in there with like Big Baby Miller. Or Dillian uh, White, because I feel like he probably would lose those fights, especially Big Baby Miller. I think Big, Big Baby Miller would beat him up. I'd like to see him fight King Kong. Yeah, King Kong, too, would, would probably slap him around the ring. Even though King Kong, <laughs> even though King Kong's like 45 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he says he's 36, but he's really, like, entering his 50s. <laughs> He's got that Danny Almonte birth certificate from the Little League World Series. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, it was bad. I mean, positive note about that show, uh, Maurice Hooker defeated Terry Flanagan. A uh, hell of a fight. One of the best fights I've seen all year. I mean, these guys went back and forth. And it was it was one of those fights that it felt so close that both guys, like, dropped to their knees at the decision Flanagan in disappointment that he didn't get the decision and Hooker 
in in happiness that he got the decision. Like that's one of those things where you look and go, okay, these dudes worked their ass off and put it all out there for this. What did um, you score the fight? I had Hooker seven five, so one fifteen okay. one. So you so you uh, felt like they got the decision right. Yeah, there was Flanagan. Flanagan started firing back late, but I thought Hooker took enough of the early rounds that that took took control of that. And it oh, was, okay. It was a really good fight. I got, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Apparently, my my notes of all my all the the scores that I had from last Saturday uh, didn't save on my phone, so I don't. Oh I don't no. Have, that's kind of why I stopped talking for a second because I'm trying to go through this. Um. I, I believe I had it. I, I believe I had him win one more round, and there was one okay. round two that was that I gave Hooker that I thought you could argue Flanagan won, which mm-hmm. made me think: gosh, Are they going to go to sit? Is this going to go to a draw? Like where does this go? So yeah, it was. But it was it was a great fight. So now I mean now we're sitting there. Hooker's got the WBO now in the junior welterweight. Jose Ramirez has the WBC. Uh, Pro Grace will be coming in after him. Uh, uh, Akiro Relic has the WBA. 140 now. These, these guys are filling these titles after they uh, after Crawford vacated them. So it's, it's yeah. exciting. This division's going to start going to start really heating up. I think. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I mean, we could. You want to. You, you kind of mentioned it. Why don't Why don't we talk the ESPN Plus fight? What did you think, Crawford and Jeff Horn? Man, I like. I I figured Crawford would would beat Jeff Horn. I just didn't think it was going to be so easy for Crawford. It was crazy to me that Crawford was like bullying Horn around when he's the guy that's moving up in weight and Horn's obviously the bigger guy. Horn looked like he was actually bigger for this fight. And Crawford was like bullying him, bullying him around. And everyone was saying Horn was going to be the guy that had to do all the bullying and stuff. But Crawford like outboxed him and, and pretty much bullied him the entire fight. It was, it was a pretty, pretty damn good performance. Yeah, I I think that was one of the best performances Crawford's had in a while. Um, and I, I don't mean that as a bad thing, but I mean he dominated a guy that had more. I I think I think the best way best way of what I'm trying to say is Jeff Horn was probably the biggest the biggest sounding name to casual people because of the Pacquiao victory. Yeah. And I think him coming and doing what he did against him, you know, stopping him in the ninth. I thought that was a testament to how good Terrence Crawford is. And he went on a big stage like that, you know, outside of Omaha and, and dominated. And it was, I mean, there, there was, there was only one time I think in the whole fight that I, that I'm, when I'm watching it, I'm going, okay, Jeff Horn's getting into his rhythm. He's doing what he should be doing and he's getting him on the ropes. But immediately after he gets him on the ropes, he throws like a four or five punch combo and then he like steps back, and it's almost like it's almost like Jeff Horn didn't know what he was doing. Like, there's no game plan. That the way the only way you try to stifle Crawford that I've seen anyone do is is try to just corner him. And he has him for a second, and Crawford, you know, he, he guards up to block the shots, but 
he's not throwing at Janelle, and then he just lets him off the rope, and then just gets slaughtered for four more rounds. Well, to me, I think it's just too because Horn is Horn like Horn's scared of what's coming back at him too. I mean, I don't know. It didn't seem like the it didn't seem like he was really scared of what was coming back at him from Pacquiao, even though Pacquiao almost stopped him. I just I just think Crawford just did everything in that fight. You know, com- combining the boxing and combining the roughhousing yep. tactics. I think he just he just broke horn. Yeah, I mean it's that's what it was. It was it was like you know and I think I think you could even hear uh Joe Tessator was like that was his one chance and he let him yeah. go. Yeah. And it's that's the difference between the two fighters. All like obviously skill is a big factor, but when you look at Horn and Crawford, the the major difference I took out of those two guys is Crawford knows how to control and and put somebody in a position they're not comfortable with and keep them yeah. there. Horn did that for about eight seconds and then didn't know how to keep it going. And yeah. that's the difference between a champion and a contender. Yeah. I mean, and to me, was, oh, go ahead. There was, there was just, there was just the second that happened. I, I, I literally went, that's, that's the last time Jeff Horn's going to do anything effective in this fight because he literally threw his one chance away and Crawford now knows that he was able to get him there. He's never going to let you get back in that spot. And he didn't, and he punished him. Yeah. And, I mean, most people were, you know, expecting Crawford to maybe have a little bit of problem with the fact that Horn's, like, bigger and stronger and stuff. And Horn's, like, strength and size was, like, was no factor in the fight. It Like, mm-hmm. Crawford looked like Crawford looked like he, you know, belong their size and strength wise whereas you know there was no problem some people you know some guys might it might take them a little bit of time to adjust you know to the size difference but their skill like wins out and they end up winning the fight but he like it was there was no adjustment for him he just went in there and and did his thing and was all boxing but he was also like being nasty too it's like it's crazy how how Crawford can combine both of the, both of those elements when he fights. He's he's tremendous, and there's a reason he's whether you put him one, two, or three, he's he's a pound for pound top guy going on. Yeah. Um, I know the, these came out on the 13th, so before this Saturday, but um, ESPN's pound for pounds. Um, Golovkin dropped to three and Crawford moved up to two, just like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it, I would probably put. Like, we'll we should probably do our pound for pound list very soon. But my top three are probably I have to decide between Crawford and Lomachenko. But it's like one and two are Crawford and Lomachenko, and then Golovkin's three for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Golovkin, who was number one on both of our lists, may take a dip, and it sucks yeah. because it's not his fault. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. got a great victory over a guy, but I mean Crawford beat a name in Jeff Horn, 
and Lomachenko went up and, and beat a guy like Jorge Linares, you know. Yeah. Um, they got Errol Spence at four. I don't know if anything changes after Saturday. Uh, they might hear a CF five. Um, Naoya Inoue moves up to six. God, that guy is a Jeez. monster. <laughs> and he just has an up arrow. <laughs> uh, seven, Srisitet Sor, Rung Vyasai. Eight, Sergey Kovalev. Nine, Deontay Wilder. And ten, Anthony Joshua. Ooh, wow, two heavyweights in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. You haven't seen that for for years. <laughs> I don't know when the last time I've seen two heavyweights in the pound-for-pound pound was. Yeah, I thought that's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, jo- uh, Joshua moved in because of the the decision victory over Parker, it looks like, which knocked out uh, Oscar Valdez, I'm guessing, because he had the highest other receiving votes. And then, yeah. obviously, Wilder moving in with him because of the the TKO comeback over King Kong. But yeah, like, no, wasn't, Keith I, Thurman, wasn't, wasn't Keith Thurman in their list for a while too? Didn't they probably just push, push him out just cause he hasn't fought in so long? Yeah. He didn't actually even get a vote. That's probably the other guy that got knocked out then with those two. So those two yeah. came in and took those two out. But, but I mean, you're right. When you said that, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. You you know, some people might go, well, nine and 10 are a little low. Yeah, but it's it's a pound for pound, and the skill that some of these littler guys have is ridiculous. So it's almost yeah. a, it's almost a compliment and a good thing that those two guys yeah. crack the top ten. That's what I, I'm I'm with you. You know, I just just clarifying in case anybody listening is like, well, that's stupid. Well, it's it's much different if you look at the way the how hard like if you look at the skill set of a Terrence Crawford or a Vasily Lomachenko, <laughs> it's it's light years, but the weight difference is the you know you see you yeah. gotta grade it that way. But yeah, so that's that's really cool that both of those guys got in there. ESPN's got that's actually a pretty good list. They, the, and the fact that you know Wilder and Joshua are on there, Kovalev Kovalev's down to eight, but I think it's just because he's won every fight since the Ward thing, so he just hasn't fell off. But yeah, the fact that Inouye and Rungvisai are six and seven, I think is really cool. Yeah, because those dudes, yeah, no. man, Inouye, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, mhm. Yeah. What What are we gonna What are we gonna What fight are we gonna move on to next? Um, I didn't see the Pedraza fight. If you did, if you want to run it, down. I did. I did. It was It was a decent fight. Um, Pedraza, you know, ultimately won out because he was a more skilled guy. But you know, as as you've seen with Pedraza over the years. He sometimes kind of keeps, lets guys stay in fights or kind of keeps guys in fights because he kind of gets these, like, concentration lapses or kind of lulls himself to sleep or something happens, and he just has moments in fights where, you know, he's being really effective, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, he just kind of decides to stop doing what he's doing, and then the other guy can kind of hang around and stuff. But overall, it was a good performance by Pedraza, uh, much better than we have seen him lately and a lot, he looked a lot in a lot better shape than he was for the Gervonta Davis fight. So, so yeah, it was, it was a nice fun little fight. The other, the guy that he fought, you know, was game coming forward the entire time, throwing a lot of punches. Pedraza just outboxed him. So, um, Showtime had a couple good fights. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. 
What in the world? What I, I was surprised you didn't watch it. I thought Pedraza was your homie. I'm surprised you didn't watch what? that fight. There was there was a the the ESP part of the reason I texted you Tudor in that ESPN Plus was uh it, the feed wasn't working. I don't know if there were just too many people watching at one time and they weren't ready oh, for it. Oh okay. But that's why I was like, is your main event even working? Because for a while even, there, did I, I get that text. I didn't even get that text. I don't think. Yeah, you answered me and you said I haven't watched oh, it I? yet. And I said, and I said, oh, oh, okay. okay. I'm just curious because my my ESPN Plus ain't working. Um. So I, I'll I'll go back and watch it too, because um, I, I like Pedraza. I think he's a really good fighter. Um, let's see where else. What's the other one too? So obviously Showtime. I think has two fights we're talking about. Uh, Jamal Charlo defeats Austin Trout. Um, I was in that one fifteen one eleven camp. I think maybe I had it one. Maybe I had it one sixteen one ten. Once again, like I said, my score sheets erased. But the judges were were very widespread 118 108 uh 10 rounds to two then the 115 111 and then the 113 113 draw from fernando uh fernando villarreal he's also the one that scored mcwilliams arroyo carlos quadras a draw as well um you know the fight kind of picked up after the first couple rounds but a really slow start the crowd was not into it you could tell the crowd was very heavily waiting for the main event Mm-hmm. Um, what was your thoughts on this Charlo Trout contest? Well, for my scorecard, I gave Trout four rounds, so I had it like eight to eight four, eight to and four. then the ten eight round. Yeah, um, or the two ten eight rounds. Yeah, two, the ten, two eight knockdowns. Eight. Even though one of the knockdowns probably shouldn't have even counted because it was a a rabbit punch, a rabbit punch, but um. That's yep. So yeah, one sixteen, one ten. That's what I had too, because I had eight. I wouldn't. Nec- yeah, I wouldn't necessarily like Jared Hurd has been Jared Hurd. Man, that guy's starting to bother me. But that's a topic for another discussion. But I would <laughs> like Jer- Jared Hurd somehow thinks that Charlo got exposed by Trout uh, this last fight. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I th- I think that's a a very big uh, exaggeration. Trout's just a good fighter that can hang in with guys and not get blown out or get, like, stopped. One thing, though, that I that I did take away from the fight is that it seemed like Trout would get in, get in a little bit of a groove and start putting his punches together. And, I mean, they weren't really hurting. They weren't hurting Charlo, but they were landing and they were effective, and he was able to start putting some punches together. But any time he did that, Charlo would, like, hit him with one, like, hit him with one big punch, <laughs> and that would pretty much halt his momentum and kind of stop him from doing that, and I just, I think Trout's getting old. He just yeah, doesn't have the stamina and the energy to really let loose. I feel like he was kind of holding back a lot because he was fearful of Charles' power, and, you know, he wasn't just, he couldn't give the full effort that he might have been able to give in the past when it comes to, like, punch output and stuff. I felt he actually was a lot more active against uh, the other Charlo and against Hurd, which he was actually beating Hurd until Hurd stopped him. But, you know, and Charlo looked, just looked like the the younger, stronger, faster guy. And, um, 
it just it was just weird too. Another thing that I felt that Trout was doing that was weird to me is he kept moving to his le- he kept moving to the left, and he kept exposing himself to that to Charles' right hand, and even his trainer was like, "He's hitting you with the <laughs> same punch." <laughs> it's the same punch. Do you, do you remember that in the corner? Yeah, in the corner. Yeah, like middle of the fight. Yeah, he's like, it's the same punch every time. The same punch. How come but, Austin Trout looks like Stevie Ray? Oh God, the black jack. <laughs> yeah, he should have pulled out the flapjack on him. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing too that was kind of weird to me is, I felt like Charlo was like when he was coming in, he was coming in way too fast and he was kind of smothering his punches a lot and stuff too. When he was kind of like jumping in, you know, and he would kind of make trout miss a couple of times and then he'd dart in to try and, you know, attack mm-hmm. to me. It felt like he was doing that like a little too like explosively or a little too quickly. And he kind of was smothering his punches a lot that fight too. So, I mean, it was a decent fight. Good performance by Charlo. Not his best, but he's in there with a slick veteran whose guys always don't like knock out or look super great against. So it is what it is. I, I think my take, my takeaway for Charlo, and I, I this might be a a weird take, but I feel like part of the reason he kind of started rushing. And I'm. And I've, this is kind of the sense I'm getting from the Charlos, especially when I see them ringside at every boxing fight, and they're, you know, you definitely know they're there if you know what I mean. Like you, you. Oh, that's a Charlo right there. Oh, I can tell that's the Charlos there. I yeah. think the crowd got to them. I think they that they're really, you know, I, I'm getting booed and. You know, you you look at you look at even when when you know his brother jumps in the ring when they're booing, and he's like, you know, being like his backup MC. I can't the hype man. That's what I was trying to backup MC. That is the worst way to say hype man. I I was like, what is the guy who's who's on there that says the ad lib? <laughs> but like he'd jump in to try to defend him too, and it's like I'm sitting there going, man. This just seemed like an off performance. And yes, Trout is a good fighter. And that that definitely poses problems. But it was almost like, you know, because what really got me is when he's like, I love L.A. And they booed him. And he's like, I'm going I'm to win the title. I'm going to win the title in L.A. And everyone's boo. And he's like, and I'm like, man, these dudes really care about their image. And yeah. I, the, and which which gave me the odd takeaway, and I think it's because I respect how good they are. They they remind me of of a, uh, the way that they talk sometimes is like a is like a brawner where they're just boisterous and cocky and say some douchey things at times. But I almost treat them in that Floyd Connor type stratosphere where. I don't hate it because they're good fighters. And they back it up. You know. Exactly. Bronner complains and complains, and he looks like crap out there. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, dude, I think I like the Charlos so much because they're heels. I love the heels. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't mind guys who are cocky who back and who are like 
cocky and flashy and stuff if they back it up. Mm-hmm. And, the, and Charles back it up. And to be fair, you know, you kind of need to do that. Look, look at the dumb amount of money that Connor and Floyd made for that fight, for that catastrophe yeah. of a fight. Why did they make that money? Because they know how to talk. Yeah. Why did, you know, I, I use this analogy all the time. Why did Kovalev Ward not make a lot of money? They're not good at talking. It, no. <laughs> you know, so I I respect the Charles for that. And I'm watching this. I'm going, damn, these guys really do care about their image. But I, I'm digging what he said. I'm going to win the title in L.A. I laughed. I was like, oh, that's yeah. such a heel. And I was like, all right. So I, I almost think, like, that kind of threw him off as much as, you know, Trout, I think, frustrated him. And then I think he was getting irritated because of the booze. And he kind of put both things together in the pot, and I think it threw him off. You know, yeah. he, he was good enough that, you know, like you said, every time Trout put something together, he would counter the hell out of him. But um, it was telling. It was definitely telling. And I, and I was thinking about this, too, in kind of a, a MMA comparison. Austin Trout reminds me of Clay Guida, a guy who has entertaining fights, doesn't always win all the time anymore, but he always gets booked because he's a name and, and people enjoy him. And he always puts yeah. up a challenge. And that's kind of yeah. because, you know, you look at Clay Guida, that dude loses, lost so many times, but he was so entertaining and, and, and they'd keep bringing him back. Whereas the other guys, they would just fire. You know, Trout, yeah. Trout's lost, you know, what, probably five times in his last, you know, few fights, four or five times. And he keeps getting booked because people know him and people like watching him. And that's not yeah, a bad thing too, because he's 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 fine. He's he doesn't he. What am I trying to say? I like that he doesn't care about the winning or losing for the fact that he wants to fight the best to try to prove how good he is. And if he loses, yeah. so be it. He'll come back and do it again. Yeah. And that's what I like about him. Yeah, and it's crazy to think too that you know he was actually beating Jared Hurd mm-hmm. before Jared Hurd knocked him out. Or before Jared heard, like, kind of wore him down, stopped him, like, it just, uh, I'm just, to me, I'm starting, I'm starting a lot like Jared heard. He's starting to bother me, and I tell you, if he like tries to fight like he, like he, like he's done against these smaller guys that he's been against, and he tries to fight like that against Charlo, Charlo will knock him out. <laughs> Do you think uh, we get a Charlo trout? Or a Charlo uh, Hurd fight? Eventually, but I think from what I've read now, Hurd's kind of starting to, like, Hurd, like, said that he would fight him initially, but now he's like, oh, I need a tune-up. I need to fight a, another Southpaw or, or something, or I don't know if this fight's quite ready to happen yet. So, but I, 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 think, that, I think that fight's going to be on the horizon because Charlo's like, bring on Hurd. I'll fight him. I'll fight him in L.A. I'll fight him anywhere. So, do you think the loser has to change their hairstyle? <laughs> the loser has to shave their head. <laughs> for for the longest time, when I got back, when I started getting back into boxing, and you know these guys were starting to become names, I mm. thought they were three brothers for a second. 
You thought that Charles and Herd and Herd were I, three brothers? Because when I saw them on the same screen together on an HBO thing, when they're like up and coming fighters, and I and I heard and they were calling him Jared, and then they were calling him uh, Jamal and then Jamal or Jamal, I'm like, huh? Is this like Lonzo, Leangelo, and Lamelo? Because they all had yeah. the same hairstyle, they had the same blonde hair. They all had J first names, and I'm like, ah, oh, that must be why they're all on here together. And they were like, all oh, in the same weight division, and you know, uh, you know, it's it's mirror images when you watch you guys. And I'm like, so they're the. I, I was like, okay, they're definitely twins. I wonder if he's younger or older than them two. And then I then when they called him Jared Hurd, I was like, oh, that was they're just a coincidence. <laughs> that's hilarious. But it's like, first glance, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I, and I was like, I wonder what they're going to do, if they're going to be like the Klitschko's and not fight, or how that's going to all work out, because there's one more than the Klitschko's had. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So, you know, I thought it was I thought it was funny, like, hilarious when you, when you said Jared Hurd looks like a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the other thing. Maybe maybe I'm with you and I'm not on the Jared Hurd train, because I, I, haven't said, I haven't said anything bad about the Charlos. Like, I like the Charlos. Like maybe yeah. just maybe it's Jared Hurd's demeanor. Like, is that like the Charlos are are entertaining when they're running their mouths, and Jared Hurd just kind of comes off as a like kid brother who's trying to take pot shots, but is just kind of coming off of what the older brother already says. He does. He does. His demeanor doesn't bother me. It's just he's like he's fighting he's not like a to me he's not a super skilled guy and he's fighting like guys that are way smaller than him and he's like almost losing to them but the reason why he's winning is because he's bigger and he's able to like wear them down and take more punishment than they can take if that makes sense that's kind of what's, yeah. what's bothering me about him well like, i'm sure he's gonna make a song with enzo Amore soon and they'll put it on soundcloud oh See god you know, hopefully we get that fight though. I'd be intrigued because that division is so good. There's so many fun yeah. fighters in at one one fifty four that or uh, that we just haven't talked about. Um, main event was the fight I've been waiting for. I thought it was a great fight. Um, Leo Santa Cruz uh, unanimous decision over Abner Mares. I went uh, one seventeen one eleven. Or no, I had one sixteen, one twelve. I had an eight four. I gave Mares the first two, and then I gave him two on the back end of the fight. But it seemed like to me once Santa Cruz got into his groove, boy is he a good fighter. And the, yeah, the he fact, was... you, what's that? Oh, go ahead. I thought you the, were done. The fact too of the you know the the non training for some of it because of his dad and his dad's cancer and everything he was going into it. Those first two rounds had me thinking, man, he's not going to beat Abner Morris because his head's just not in it. And then he got going and I mean, he, he looked just tremendous in there. I, I give, give mad props to Leo Santa Cruz for that fight. I thought it was a good fight. I had it all like closer than you did. Um, I gave Mares the first two rounds. Then I gave Santa Cruz like six in a row. And then I gave Mares round nine. 
And then round 10, I, 10 and 11, I gave to Mars. And then Santa Cruz, I gave the last round. Just because I felt for, after the first two rounds, it felt like Santa Cruz had to kind of get Mars' timing down. And then he was able to kind of keep him at bay with jab with like one, two. Like he was throwing phenomenal one, two punches uh, at Mars the whole night, which was pretty much keeping him on the outside. But I felt after the cut, which was a headbutt, and like a little bit before that, I felt like Mars was able to start getting inside a little more. And when the fight was on the inside, I felt like Mars was getting the better of, of that, of, of, the, of their exchanges on the inside. And I felt like if, if Mars could have got inside a little more, he, he probably could have beat Santa Cruz, but Santa Cruz is so good at keeping distance, but also like keeping on, keeping pressure on guys too. It's so weird how he's able to, you know, keep his distance, but keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really, cause that's really hard to do, you know, cause when you're coming forward, you're coming forward, but for somehow he's mastered being able to keep distance, but also to keep moving forward. So, yeah, but I just, I had to fight a little closer than you did, but Santa Cruz put on the, a hell of a performance and Mara's too. Cause that guy has like no quit and he just keeps coming and coming yeah. and coming. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it was, it was it was good all around because it was you know a lot of sportsmanship between the two, you know. It yeah, was, they like each other. I, I thought it was a good moment for you know Santa Cruz's family too for everything they're going through that he pulled you know he he pulled out a showing like that, and you know I don't know what it is too, but that's exactly what you said with with the coming forward but keeping his distance. That's one of the reasons that Santa Cruz always stays in my pound for pound top ten because. I, I know he's not the greatest. He's not knocking everybody out. And, you know, he he might not do as fast of combinations as Lomachenko or, or the you know, the, the pressure of the, of the Crawford. But everything he does, he does so good. And it's one of those things where I'm almost glad he doesn't try to go to do more than he does because what he does, you can't beat him at. So why why add more? And he proves it when he's throwing, you know, 1,100 punches in a fight. Yeah. Like, this dude's cardio is ridiculous. And he's just, I mean, they threw like 2,000 punches combined. But, you know, the fact that this dude's averaging over 90 punches around and he's not tired, I wouldn't yeah, change what insane. I got either. I'd, I would just, you know what, if you can hang with me, great. We'll go to the scorecards. But if you can't, eventually I'm just going to wear you out. And that's, I think if that's what the fight kind of fighter he is, good. You're, it's, it works. Don't don't try to change it. Because not, I mean, Abner Mara is, like you said, is a really good fighter. He's a different breed of fighter. The fact that he, you know, he was throwing, you know, probably 75 punches around is still equally as crazy with, with the way that those guys are throwing. You know, so Mars is a different situation, and that's why I went to the scorecard. But not a lot of guys are going to match that output where they're going to get tired. Of it. They're they're going to get what your what your login name is right now, with that kind of <laughs> output. And you're just you know he's just going to gash you out. And that's I think I just I really like Santa Cruz because you know it's weird in this day and age, and you can you can credit this to MMA too. 
it blows my mind how in, in combat sports, boxing, MMA, people don't make weight anymore. I have never in my life seen... I bet you there's a fight a month where somebody didn't make weight. Yeah. You know, look at look at the, the UFC 225 main event. Uh, that Joel Romero didn't make weight. He's the main event. Yeah. Yeah, in a championship fight, too, and a rematch yeah. against the guy who knocked him out. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, Santa Cruz is a professional, and I respect the hell out of that because this dude goes in there, and he come, he's he might, like, like I said, I don't think he's as skilled as the Lomachenkos and Crawfords and, you know, Naoya Inoue I'll even throw in that, or even Rungview's side with the way he puts things together. But you could not say that anybody may be more prepared and more conditioned when they come into a fight than Leo Santa Cruz. I don't think there's, I don't know if you could say there's one guy in boxing that looks the same in round 12 as he did in round one. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's incredible. One thing I wanted to add too is like, it's crazy that to me, I just, I think Santa Cruz is just also just a bad physical and style matchup for Mara's. And I feel like nine out of ten, ten out of ten times, Santa Cruz would beat Mara's, but their fights are still super entertaining. And I feel like Mara's is very good, but Santa Cruz is like on a whole another level. But their fights are still super entertaining, which is insane to me. Like he's, I mean, you know, let's let's look back at his at his one. He's got that one loss. He lost to Carl Frampton. Um, it was a, it was a majority decision, and then he came back and beat him and took the title yeah. back from. Him. I mean, it, Frampton's Frampton's a damn good fighter. Like you, but I mean, you look at some of these these names. I mean, he's got two wins over Mara's. He's got a he TKO'd Kiko Martinez in the fifth. Yeah. Um, you know, he avenges lost to Frampton. Uh, he beat Manuel Roman. Caesar Seda, he beat. I mean, he's he's got some good wins too, and now he's he's really coming into his own. And this guy's headlining shows. He draws well, which is which is awesome. You know, and he's only twenty nine, so he's just getting into that prime. You know, a lot of you know everyone says athletes prime in in pro sports twenty eight to thirty two. I mean, this dude's peaking right now. He's he's yeah. going to get better. And if he if he continues to condition the way he does and and with this output you know maybe he gets a little stronger and that's really all you really need. I mean he's he's gonna start climbing people's pound for pounds. He's gonna well, start he's, steamrolling people. He's also said though that he doesn't know if he want how long he wants to box for. So I mean, he's already been boxing for what like ten years now. I mean, because he's he could, 29. He could, when did he debut? He he had a, he won 148 and seven. He made his pro debut October 13th in 2006 when he was 18. Yeah, so I mean, he's been boxing for. He's pro he, for 11 years. Yeah, and he's been like he's been talking like that. He doesn't want to be one of those guys that stays and fights forever, and mm-hmm. too long. So, who knows? I mean we might not even see him like for much longer either. 
which is, yeah. which is a crazy thought. I'm just looking at some of the some of the stuff with him here. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never heard of this. The Transnational Boxing Rankings Board. I wonder if it, that must be like some big. The TRBR is an all-volunteer initiative formed in October 2012 with the intention of providing professional boxing with authoritative top 10 rankings, identifying the singular world champion of every division by unbiased reasoning and common sense, and to insist on the sports reform. Hmm. Never heard That's of all. that. Yeah, I don't know. It's got a, it's got its whole, it's got a giant wiki and. Uh, holy crap! There are currently 53 members representing 21 countries on six different continents. In this, wow. Maybe this is something we should pay attention to. That's kind of cool. They're yeah, send me the link. Um, this is this is uh, a couple months old, but they're pound for pound. At number 10, they have Keith Thurman. Number nine, Srisaketsor Rungvisai. Number eight was Regandiao. That was before he lost. Um, seven was Garcia, six was Santa Cruz, five was Inoue, four was Canelo, three was Lomachenko, two Golovkin, and one Crawford. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to their actual website and hmm, that's kind of cool. Maybe this is something else to use aside from Ring Magazine for rankings too. Yeah. Oh, excited about this. Their main quote. Put your trust in the one that I that I put my trust in, the Transnational Rankings Board. They are a non-biased group that want to do it the right way. That is a statement from one Teddy Atlas, ringside analyst, ESPN. <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Um, June tw- so they have they have updates on here. June twelfth, two thousand eighteen. Former heavyweight King Tyson Fury comes back. After a two-and-a-half-year layoff for a let's-see-what-I've-got-left kind of fight and does not re-enter our rankings, four rounds against Sefer Seferi, a fighter who has never been mentioned as a possible contender, is simply not enough for the majority of the voting members on the board. More importantly is the possibility that the emergence of Fury's successor may be imminent if one number-one-ranked Anthony Joshua and number-two-ranked Deontay Wilder fight. It would be marked as a unification bout, but would actually be for the heavyweight championship of the world, which is necessarily singular and has nothing to do at all with unifying with all the unifying nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terrence Crawford makes a thunderous debut into the Lions' den that is the welterweight division by dominating and then doing away with number-four-ranked Jeff Horn in the ninth round. Hmm. This is... This is kind of cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna All check right. this link right now. Check it out. Um, so, I mean that that kind of takes care of June 9th. Let's go into the uh, these Showtime cards here. Um, in <laughs> I don't know what kind of fashion we want to talk about, but uh, so in the fourth round, uh, Javier Fortuna and Adrian Granados um, decided to do a like a like a off the ropes spot where where Fortuna was supposed to take a bump onto the apron, um, and Fortuna botched the bump, and instead hung from the ropes by his knees, dangling backwards, as they continue to say he hits a uh, a camera box, speaker box or something, speaker yeah, camera box. box or box or something, I don't know. And the third one they go, he he didn't hit the box, so they screwed up the spot. Um, I'm guessing Michael P.S. Hayes planned the spot. Like, I'm just trying to make it into a wrestling thing. This was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because these guys were just, I mean, Fortuna is so dirty, but it's like a funny dirty how much this guy does and then gets mad about it. Um, as shut, up, shut up. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. 
Who did, who did he lose to again when he started yelling that? Oh, Robert Easter. But man, yeah. he had he had a legi- he had a legitimate gripe with that fight though. Um, Fortuna screaming, "Shut up! Shut up!" And um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, Elijah, that was was that? <laughs> I mean, what was that? Did was Fortuna just like? I don't even know how to ask this question. Where, do you think Granados was right that Fortuna was just looking for a way out? He could he could be. I mean, it looked very Kermit Cintron-esque against Paul Williams when Kermit Cintron jumped out of the ring and then said he hurt his neck or shoulder or something. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I used to call Kermit Cintron, Kermit Jumptron. <laughs> I see him so bad. So, I, I, you know, it's, it could, well, we don't know because we weren't, like, we weren't in, we weren't that person, we weren't in that situation, but I will say it looked a little fishy to me and maybe Granados was on to something, but I mean, I don't know I, what, I don't, I don't know why Fortuno was thinking about quitting because before he fell the ring, he, like, started bombing on Granados and then. And when he got those. Points taken away. He just started. Yeah. It was like holding right bumper and pushing hook. Yeah. <laughs> he was just throwing these. I could see his stamina meter going away. Yeah. <laughs> but look, this dude was dangling from his knee, like the back of his knees, and he was like, <laughs> his face. He was, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. I've I've never. Like, if that dude was hurt, he wouldn't have been withering in pain. I mean, he looked like he was swimming in the in the air. And then they're just manhandling his body while they're trying to get him onto the apron. I mean, if his neck was really hurt, this dude's going to be paralyzed. They take him out yeah. of the, they, they, the gurney. The crowd starts booing. And when they start booing, he starts moaning even harder. Give that man an Oscar. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. And Granados is like leaning on the rope, and you could see him look at the corner and he goes, What the hell is going on? And it, the, the other thing that was so weird to me was it's not like the ref called it or they didn't ring a bell or anything. They just loaded him up on a gurney, threw him on a stretcher, hooked half of his body. Half of it wasn't even attached. And then they just ran him out of the building through like the fans entrance. And that was it. Like they didn't, they didn't call for a bell or nothing. It was like a, it was like they were trying to make a shoot on a wrestling show. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knew what, what happened. I think everyone was kind of like confused by what was going on. And Mauro Ronaldo is like, like, well, Paulie Malignaggi's like clowning it, and Mauro's like, this isn't a, a laughing matter. Like he's trying to keep it serious, and they're clowning him. Yeah. Now Bernstein, Paulie. Oh my gosh, I was when, <laughs> when he just dangled, and and he like slowly lowered himself, and like oh, it was it was awful. It was it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And the referee's trying to keep Granados away. He's like, hey, just go over there. And Granados like, what is going on? And he's like, just go over there. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And, like, you could hear, like, people laughing. Like, the crowd was yeah. like, is, is this... I, I'm never, I don't know if I'll ever erase that off my DVR. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think I had Granados up two rounds to one going into it, but whatever. It didn't even finish. I had the fight. I had the fight. I had the fight two two. Or actually, no. I had Fortuna up three three to two, just because I felt like Granados was like just kind of like wrestling around with him and stuff. And I felt like Fortuna was landing the better punches, even though he was doing more of the holding. But but yeah, well, like wait, because it was because it was still a stinker. Because that huh? happened in the because that happened in the fourth round, so I didn't even score the fourth. Well, it was a ten. It would have been a ten-seven round. Ah, with the, with the yeah. I just I don't oh. get it, man. I I don't. That fight was probably one of the worst fights I think I've seen this year. Isn't it? Like wasn't it kind of weird that two known fighters like that looked like a couple of amateurs that were just wildly swinging and wrestling? Mm-hmm. He he like yeah. I thought give him a T-bone suplex like Taz when he tripped him, he hooked the leg. I'm like, oh shit, he's T-boning him. Like, he's yeah, going over. Was, I hope he knows how to take the bump. It was bad. I mean, even even Paulie and Al Bernstein were kind of alluding to the fact that, like, you know, Granado's a way more skilled fighter than what he's showing tonight. <laughs> they, they're like, he seems to be relishing the, like, bigger guy role and just, like, not minding wrestling and roughhousing, so <laughs> I uh, I just keep seeing Fortuna's head, like he like disappears because because it was like there's no light down there. When, yeah. when his head disappears, you just see his eyes open, and that's like the only thing you see are these eyes. And then he he like does like a sit up, and he's like ah ah ah, like screams. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, he he was, definitely had did a good job acting. Was that? Do you think? Do you think they still got their full paydays? Yeah. Let's go, Fortuna's the man. He he came out <laughs> looking like the great. Oh, 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 ew, ooh. I can't, I can't <laughs> breathe. Semi main was kind of a. <laughs> I mean, what do you think of this semi main event? I thought Roman put on a good performance, and I thought Flores is like one of the goofiest fighters I think I've ever seen in my life. Every time he started throwing combos, he'd be like, going, rah, rah, rah. And, and like, it wasn't even doing anything. No, just like if ineffective, like wild, like wild, wide punches, like arm punches, like it was just, and he looked like he was going to like just, trip over his own feet and he looked like his knees were going to buckle like it's like that he just he just looked like it like i said he's one of the goofiest most awkward like weird fighters i think i've ever seen even before the fight when he was like stretching all funny and stuff and making weird faces and going ah and like making these weird noises and stuff i'm like who is this dude Oh my gosh! Like I, I'm not gonna lie. I went, I went one twenty, one oh eight. I gave every round to, <laughs> every round to the champ. I mean, that was. I gave, I gave, I gave round seven to Flores, and that was a close round. But I thought Flores won that round. But, I mean, 
Roman looked good, man. He worked the body like a mother. Like that's like some yeah. of the best body work I've seen in a long time. Those punches were, and you could tell the, the the most the most notable thing for me was every time he hit a one two with those hooks, does those like outside punches to the ribs. You could see yeah. Flores' arms go from where his. I'm I'm doing it again where I'm doing the animation in my in my studio like anyone can see what I'm doing, but he's got him like his arms up by his like pecs and they would immediately drop to his sides. Like, and it didn't even look like a defensive way to do it. It looked like, you know, when you hit your knee and you grab your knee, like they looked like yeah. every time he hit those, that dude's going to be peeing blood today. <laughs> like, yeah. As bad as that may sound, that dude's probably pissing blood today. And so like those uppercuts that he was hitting them with too. And he was like, would throw as few punches to the body and give him to bend over, and then he'd hit him with those uppercuts. Like he didn't have a ton of power behind his shots, but he was—he definitely put his punches together well. And he was ta- he was—he was hitting Rome, he was hitting Flores, and Flores was feeling it. Is uh, can you hear the rain in my window? No, but it was Good. raining super hard at my house. It's not uh, too long ago. Yeah, once again, since we're hopefully moving in any time now, um, we just, you know, no point of fixing the air conditioning because then that's just money we're spending just to sell the house anyway. So, Oh, you have no air conditioning? No, we just have a, a window unit in the bedroom. But oh. in, in the, the studio here, I just got that little cracked window. So it's like, uh, I feel like I'm in like the box or whatever. I need Django to come save me here because it is hot as hell in here. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> pull the cat for you for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, like my my neck is just water. But hopefully, hopefully, the first step of of the move is could could be happening anytime here. So I'm excited. Nice. We'll have to talk about that. Um, before we get into the main event, I'm. I'm assuming you didn't you didn't catch this. It was uh, I think I YouTubed it, but uh, Artem uh, Delakian, that that flyweight that I really like, the WBA champion, he fought uh, uh, Sirachai Tayen earlier this morning. Uh, stopped him in the eighth round. He goes to seventeen and zero. He's this Ukrainian dude. I, I think you might have seen him when he won the flyweight. He fought Brian Valoria. It was in February. I don't remember if it was on TV or not. Um, but, man, he's a bad dude. If, if you haven't seen it, check that fight out. I have no uh, idea who you're talking about, but I will try and check it out. It, it's it's uh, it, it's definitely definitely worth checking out. Um, I will actually... Uh, I will actually. I found a. I found a link to the highlights. I will send you a clip of it. I'm going to do that right nice. now. Don't worry about what it says because everything is in total Ukrainian. <laughs> so <that laughs> it's only like a two minute clip. You can check it out. But uh, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. Errol Spence in two minutes and fifty seconds uh, <laughs> with a disgusting body shot. I thought the guy pooped. He hit him so hard. Um, yeah, it was a. It was, it was a t- like I, I figured Spencer would outclass him. I just thought the guy would last longer. I thought Uncomfortable was a fighter that would have would have taken it longer. Yeah, 
But, man, he did not last. I'm sure Spence wasn't expecting it to be that easy either. <laughs> he he had that same look that um, Charlo had when he knocked out, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Erickson Lubin, like, right away. Yeah. It was like, whoa, like, whoa. I was not for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, kudos to him. Do you think we see Spence Crawford? Eventually, I think we'll see it. But what I think is going to happen, or what I think should happen, is I think they should have Crawford fight the winner of Garcia Porter to get that belt on Porter or uh, or Gar- one of those three. And then mm-hmm. when Thurman Thurman after he like gets his you know tune up fight, and after he comes by comes back have Thurman and Spence fight. And then, you know, the winner of those two fights then unifies, and hopefully it's Crawford and Spence that are challenging for the unification of of that division. That would be cool. That would be a fun fight. That would be a fun fight. I, you know, I I think, too, um, that's the kicker that I don't think, or I think a lot of people are not, remembering when they talk about Crawford fighting Spence um, is the fact that, you know, Keith Thurman is still there. I know he's been inactive, but you know, some, he still deserves, he deserves, he, he deserves his shot again, because I mean, he never lost his belt. He's just been injured and he actually, you know, gave it up so he could like come back and get healthy and didn't hold on to it. You know, they kind of like hold it hostage. yeah, I was gonna say not to interrupt you, but you know, I, I, you, you know, I'm a big Thurman guy, and that he went, he climbed my list even more because he was man enough to go. Look, I need to get, I need to get healthy. Take the belt, put it on, get somebody to have it, and I'll come back for it. Like guys yeah. don't do, that. you know, guys don't do that. So I, Keith Thurman's another guy who he he talks, in he's kind of like an Andre Ward to me, where, you know, he'll. He'll say what he needs to about his opponent, but then he also seems very humble. And I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, like his his religious background that those two guys have where they're not as malicious, but, you know, they'll have their moments. But I don't know. It's it's. I think that's part of the reason I just, I like Thurman. You know, I like, like, I like Ward. They're just good, humble dudes that aren't, aren't I don't know. I guess I yeah, guess it might all I, guess, I know what you're saying. Don't like Bronner. <laughs> like opposite. <laughs> Every and, time I come it all comes back to Bronner and Chavez. And everybody like every, people forget how many good fighters are at, in that division and how many guys actually de- deserve like shots. I mean Porter Porter might be like the most avoided guy in that division. Like I I think Porter deserves a, a title shot as well. So you have to figure out a way to fit all these guys in and, you know, let let the two best guys, like, you know, then take take the belts, you know. That's just how I think they should do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and let's not forget, too, they didn't show it on the showtime, but uh, Jordanus Ugas got another knockout. Oh, yeah, that's right. He knocked that. Didn't he knock that dude down like five times or something? I put him down four times in that 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 round when they stopped it. I don't remember what round it was. Okay. But he put him down four times, and they're like, "All right, that's it. Just stop." 
So I mean, like, yeah. you know, we talked to Jordanus Ugas before on the show, but you know, that's another guy who's going to be, you know, in a couple of years from now, he's going to be knocking at that door. You know, it's just another body in that division. Yeah. Um, you know, he he lost to he lost to Bronner, but he, what I think is hilarious, you know, I mean Jesse Vargas is still there. ESPN has Jesse Vargas, or it was the draw. Um, and they still have Jesse Vargas on the list. There's no Bronner to be found, which is hilarious. That makes me happy. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, I mean there's there's a. There's some there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff going on here. And I'm really excited to see what happens in this division. I just wanna see I just wanna see Sean Porter beat up on beat up on Danny Garcia. I hope Porter beats him, man. I really do. I really hope he beats him. I I think I think uh, Porter is a very bad matchup for, for Garcia and I think Porter's going to really like rough him up, and it doesn't seem like Garcia handles that very well. So, you know, and I, I just—it's it's just once again, it's one of those things where I just—I don't like Garcia, and I like Porter, and you know, Porter's Porter's gone in there and fought everybody too, and that's why he deserves to 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 stay around and, and continue to be on these shows and continue to get these fights. Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't dislike Danny Garcia like as a person obviously because I don't know him and I just I don't get that petty but I just I dislike the fact that he's had some I feel like really bad decisions go his way and he's just kind of cocky about it you know what I mean so that's just, mm-hmm. and his dad his I think his dad probably annoys me more than than <laughs> Garcia annoys me. You know, I think the one thing that bothers me too is that, like I'm just going over these. Like, listen to these names: uh, Ashley Theopane, um, John Figora, Nate Campbell, Kendall Holt, Eric Morales twice, Amir Khan, Zab Judah, Lucas Matisse, Mauricio Herrera, your boy Rod Salka, Lamont Peterson, my boy. <laughs> I just think it's funny to say that. Paulie Malinaji, Robert Guerrero, Samuel Vargas, Brandon Rios. I mean. He's got a lot of really quality wins, but it's just yeah. sometimes I feel like I don't. It just I don't know if I just don't like watching him box. I don't know. It just maybe it's that Jabberwocky mask. Maybe maybe that just he comes out with that mask and I just get mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know he he stepped up, fought Thurman, and he lost, and that made me happy. Mind you, it was a split decision, but you know. And he complained I, I about think, that loss. Mm, you know, that's what I think it is, is, is the fact that he always just seems like there's some something wrong or some issue or blah, blah, blah. Like, he's always even complaining. Though he's gotten, even though he's gotten he, gift he, decisions before, though. Yes. He gets, I bet you, 30% of those names I gave you, you could argue he didn't win. And then he, wow, and he's complaining about it. It's like, you won. Shut up. Yeah. You know, just go out there and prove you the best then. You know, and, and but I will give him the credit. He he does fight people. You know, out of the out of yeah. the guys we've talked about today, he's got the best resume, you could argue. Yeah, I will agree but, with that. Um I, I mean otherwise that's about it. You know, the the Delakian fight was today. 
on the 22nd, next Friday, we have the uh, Christina Hammer and Clarissa Shield fights on Showtime. Isn't that the first, isn't that the first uh, card where the women, the two, like the top two fights in the card are women fights? Yeah, yeah, because it sounds like this is the this is like their last time doing the the two of them as the showcase before they're gonna fight each other. That's really cool. So now we're we're just on that, like we were with with Wilder and Joshua. Let's just hope they get through their fights okay, type thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it sounds like they're gonna fight in the fall then. Uh, nice. I don't. I thought there was something else on that card. Oh yeah, my guy Bakhtiar Yubov is fighting. <laughs> yeah, there's two. There's there's another. There's like three fights in that card that I saw. I can't remember what the third one is though. It might be the Umar Salomon Brian Howard like heavyweight fight. Um, okay. I hope it's the, the Bakhtiar Yubov Nicholas Given fight. I, I, I got to watch more Yubov. Yubov. Um, after after you foiled my Evgen Hitrov uh, train. <laughs> uh, he'll be back. Yeah. Um, otherwise, ESPN's doing some stuff next Saturday. Uh, Roberto Garcia, Martin Murray on ESPN Plus um, in a Yo, main did event. You hear, also, did you hear what? Did you hear what Martin Murray said? Yeah, how how Saunders what? just did the injury to get out of the fight. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Martin Murray isn't like he's he's a guy that maybe could beat Saunders. I mean, who knows? But I thought that was pretty funny. Doesn't it suck after we praise Saunders for the first time ever? This starts happening again. Yeah. He he put. We legitimately thought David Lemieux. We were hoping and hoping Lemieux could go and just press him because of how good Lemieux had looked lately, and then he just got bewilderedly slaughtered by Billy Joe Saunders, and we're like, wow, maybe this dude is the real deal, and then he cancels two fights. Yeah. That's frustrating. Um, uh, Miguel Burchelt's fighting also on ESPN Plus that night against Jonathan Victor Barros. Um, ESPN 2 is running a Virgil Ortiz Jr. Juan Carlos Salgado headline fight. And then in Glasgow, Scotland, probably one that we'll have to watch online, uh, Josh Taylor, Victor Postal, and a WBC Jr. welterweight eliminator. Whoa, Victor Postal is finally fighting again. He hasn't mm-hmm. fought with Terrence Crawford. Yeah. He probably wanted to hide after uh, that pathetic pay-per-view showing. Uh, there's Man. a there's a Mickey Ron fight in Mexico that night, um, and then before the following next Saturday when the Zerto Ramirez fight, uh, John Pascal's fighting again. Whoa, John Pascal's fighting again. Who's he fighting? Steve Bose in Quebec, and he's fighting as a cruiserweight. Whoa, take the test, Bernard. Take the test. Take the test. Do you remember that? (laughs) Didn't Jean Postel get slaughtered twice by Kovalev also? No, the first fight was actually pretty close, but the second fight the second fight Kovalev beat him beat him up pretty good, but the first fight was really close. (laughs) Was what was the, the test thing with Hopkins? Oh, because he, cause he's like, there's no way that you're this old and still champion. You're on steroids. Like, he was accusing <laughs> of Bernard Hopkins of being on steroids, and they were in, like, a press conferencing, and they almost started fighting, and you can hear Pascal in the background scream, take the test, Bernard, take the test. And it was, like, with his, like, funny, with his accent and stuff. 
I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Um, kind of talking some uh, some news here. Uh, is there anything else you want to you want to touch on on those uh, the two weeks worth of fights that we talked about? Not necessarily. It just for the most part, it was a pretty good pretty good two weekends for fights. Yeah, it was a, exciting. A lot, of, a lot of good boxing. The Showtime card was was one of the oddest ones too. Because we get yeah. a first round, we get a first round finish, we get a, a twelve round fight with a guy just getting completely outclassed, and then yeah. we get a dude takes a, a suicide dive to the floor. But it was it was wild. Yeah. Um, I my main thing is that like Terrence Crawford like just really impressed me with his performance against Jeff Horn. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's I think Crawford and Santa Cruz were my winners coming out of these two weeks. Yeah. What they um, we can we can see what uh, we can see what Bishop uh, thought. We were talking to him in Vegas. We're sitting at Excalibur. We're getting Cover Level War coverage. What's your thought, Bishop? Well, my thought is that this is Kingdom business, and we're taking care of it. All right. <laughs> hello. Thank you, Bishop. I like how you hello. can hear the lady coming to bring them more drinks. Yeah. Hello. That's <laughs> why I I'm gonna I'm gonna crop that. To just my thought is this is kingdom business and we taking care of it and I'm gonna cut it off right there, and that'll be the <laughs> that'll be I'll throw that up there in the banter with uh with this one. You gotta do like a read. Okay. Yeah, Elijah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, that's so. Okay. I don't even know, like I didn't even know I like had cropped that. Like I must have done it that night after like I la- like I-, I must have said something to you like dude that was the funniest thing I've ever seen with the way you looked at me and said that and I must have cropped it cuz I had it in a folder from our NBA season preview show when when I when I had those uh when when I the the Warriors that would pick Warriors to beat the Cavs in the finals Like <laughs> I'm now I'm like I have my computers What's that I said, "What a shock about the Warriors beating the Cavs in the finals." It's all right. It's all right. We all we all know that the there's moving from twenty to one now six to one favorites to win the NBA finals. <laughs> now for those Man, I can't of you believe who, how I can't believe how like so unenthused I sound there. Okay. <laughs> I, well, if I remember right, you were you like looked at me like. You were just being like a douche just to be funny because, like, I was like, come on, man, you got to do it like a read. And you were like, okay, like, blah, you know, like, a, oh, like okay. an angel to a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, like I said, what the kicker to me is, is as I'm getting ready to go back on, on topic, you just hear Kevin, yeah, Elijah, totally caught me <laughs> off guard. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Tell you, man. Yeah. Uh, for anyone that that's uh, is with me on Facebook, I, I've enlisted all of you uh, in the 2018-2019 Laker bandwagon application is now on there. So you can feel free to send it over, and I'll review your app to see if I deem you worthy to jump on the bandwagon that everyone has shunned me for for the last I don't know six years or eight years. So um, I'm glad you got tagged me in that. Cause <laughs> no, because I would never. <laughs> no. I would never send the application in. Well, and I also didn't tag you because you don't you don't go on social media and post the Warriors 
they wanted to win. LeBron was screwed. The ref should have called the foul. That was a charge. Like you don't you don't do that. I've seen yeah. you say once when you said something to Jovan about one of his memes, and that was like the only thing. And then I just <laughs> laughed at. I know why Jovan posts him to piss off the same person I piss off with half of the shit I post. That's <laughs> you funny. Know? But some of these dudes, I'm like, I'm like, like one guy, I'm like, you know, not to turn it into that, but I'm like, dude, you guys, that you guys, you guys got to be bummed that you had a chance to win that game and J.R. Smith pulled a Gophers in the Rose Bowl and they ran the wrong way. It didn't even matter if they would have called a charge; it would have never happened. Well, how do you know it wouldn't have happened? What if the, you, now you're saying that they call the charge that doesn't happen, which means then this foul doesn't happen, and now the Warriors potentially have a chance to shoot the game-winning shot. They might have just hit the three and and not even went to overtime. They would have missed. Yeah. LeBron would have blocked them. Oh, well, sorry. I'm glad you know that. That's what would have happened. They would have blocked them like Iguodala. Oh, I apologize. For forgive me, forgive me that you. <laughs> When these guys are hot as hell with their shooting right now, and this guy dribbling the wrong way, staying in there confused, wasn't one of the things that killed. Like, come on, like that's that's why you didn't get tagged. You're not that kind of a fan. Well, thank <laughs> like, you. I appreciate that. We've we've had our LeBron Kobe bickering seven years ago when we were younger and not doing radio and not looking into things on a non-biased standard like we do now where we actually analyze things. Yeah. We, we got that out of the way years ago. Now it's like, oh, well, it makes sense why this happened. And I'm, oh, I didn't look at it this way before. And yay. And then now it's now it's like I see all the, all the fans come out of the woodwork. Like, yeah. Like people posted memes. You're going to have to just deal with me. I'm a LeBron for life. And I'm like, oh, God, here, here we go. Here comes all the purple and gold from you posts. <laughs> that was LeBron saying, "Hurry up, everyone! The bandwagon's leaving. Follow me." And they post somebody posted a, a meme back to me that said, "Haters gonna hate." <laughs> what, what am I hating? I'm not hating anything. It's I, you're you're telling me that you are going to be a Laker fan next year. I don't like the Lakers, but I, I will cheer for them. So you're just admitting it. I'm not hating it anyway. Sorry. I, I think it's gonna. Out. I think it's gonna be. I it's gonna be hilarious. Seeing you with the LeBron James jersey, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have his signature on my Mitchell and Ness fitted hats. I'm gonna have I'm gonna man I'm gonna get I'm gonna have let's because I'll, I'll have like Alonzo in gold. I'll have a LeBron in purple. I'll have a Kawhi in white. <laughs> I'll get the blackout Chris Paul and Paul George or whatever. Oh my god! I'll have to probably get rid of my Ingram because he'll get he'll be traded. Sorry, Brandon, but I. I think Lonzo fly. might be. I think I think Lonzo might be gone, man. They were because they were saying San Antonio had no interest in Ball, which is why I didn't. I think it's it might be Ingram, but unless, I don't know. It could be. You. Do you I also think if you don't get Chris Paul, then do what? If you if you say it's Kawhi, Paul George, and LeBron instead of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. if you trade, do you run LeBron at the point? Or, or like Brandon Ingram at the point like they did. Yeah, probably. I just, I think, I think they, I think they might just be. The Lakers might just kind of be Levar balled out, and I think that. I heard I heard rumors that they weren't too happy about 
the diss track that Lonzo Ball made about, about Kuzma. Yeah. And, and, and it's not fair, though, I think, too, to be fair, because those, have you ever seen those guys with Josh Hart, the way that they talk to each other on social media? Oh, yeah, they make fun of each other a lot, and they're like, it's all like in good fun for them, supposedly, so. I, my thought is, I think what'll happen is the Lakers send Ingram to San Antonio so he can replace Kawhi. And then you get you send like a first round pick or, or two first round picks, and then you attach Kuzma to the deal if they take Deng. So you, and then that way you've got Kuzma, Kuzma and Ingram going there, and now you can say, well, you you separated Kuzma and Ball now. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. I, don't it. Know. I just. I also heard that San Antonio has no interest in trading Kawhi within the Western Conference. They, that, just, that was like, huh? Does Boston take a flyer on him, a la OKC Paul George? Who knows? Hmm. It's gonna God. be interesting, man. Thursday this starts. Thursday the season kicks off. Oh wow! The draft is already this Thursday. The trades will start up. I I gotta switch and switch offset, switch my my schedule at work. <laughs> I gotta get out. I gotta watch the draft. Um, but I'll I'll get off my my Laker boner that might actually happen. Um, so I'm not keeping you as longer than we are. Um, Tom Loeffler said that they will not be doing any sort of a HBO face off or a gloves are off type program. Um, because they want nothing to do with Canelo in the camp. They don't it, it says Canelo and Triple G do not want to see each other beyond the required press conferences and weigh in. They have no choice but to take part in those meetings as it's part of the promotion for the fight. It's not the smartest idea for Triple G and Canelo not to try and promote their their rematch as much as possible because they'll make more money. Choosing to not participate and face off with Max Kellerman and with the gloves are off will limit how many boxing fans will see the two fight or fighters before they face off. Lopler says Golubkin is angry with the way the fight against Canelo was scored last September by two judges. Lopler says Triple G feels he was wrong by at least two of them, and he wants to make sure that he, that he doesn't have that happen a second time. Uh, he's mad about it. Basically, he's like, you screwed me for the last year. I want nothing to do with you until I see you and beat the hell out of you, hopefully. I shouldn't say hopefully because I don't hate Canelo. I'm just, I don't like Golden Boy. But yeah. do you think that's kind of a – Something they should try to work out in the long run to do the face-off with Kellerman because those shows are so good. Kellerman gets those guys so rough, riled yeah. up with each other. I mean, I like I don't. The fight's happening, so I guess that's all I really care about. And as long as we get the fight, I'm good. I don't care if they do any of that. But it it would help sell the fight more to maybe people who are late to the party or who don't know what's going on. But True fans, though, I don't think really need that. But you know, it could it could cost them some money in the long run. But I could see how both fighters don't really want anything to do with each other until they get into the ring because you know there's obviously some animosity there, and you know the whole like Triple G feels like he got robbed the last fight. You know, and he feels like Canelo's probably been kind of avoiding him, and then Canelo probably feels like Triple G's 
taking shots at him for being on steroids when it was an honest mistake by him and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's a lot of animosity there, and I could see why they wouldn't want to want to see each other like and do any of that presser stuff just because of all the just built-up anger towards each other. So, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, Errol Spence it might, it might says... Be better, it might be better that way because then, you know, who knows what if they got into a fight or something and then the fight had to be, like, <laughs> called off because someone got injured. You know, that's one of the, the crazy thing, crazy things, too, is, like, those are, like, the two guys I would think would never do that, but I've seen stranger things happen and that could be one of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, Errol Spence Jr. says he either wants Jesse Vargas next, otherwise he'd like to fight the Garcia... Uh, or he wants he wants Vargas next, and then he wants the Garcia Porter winner. Said he'll he he doesn't want to fight uh, Crawford until he's got three of the four belts, and the only one he needs is Crawford's. Wow, well, kind of what kind of what you were mentioning earlier, but um, that'd be interesting if if Spence gets the Crawford or the Garcia Porter winner first. Yeah, that would be interesting. But I would think that Keith Thurman would be a, a a bigger a bigger draw for for Spence and Porter Porter and, and Gar, Porter Garcia would be a good test a good test before he unifies. So I don't know. That's kind of odd to me because. Jesse Vargas, really? Yeah, he said uh, on Compo had no punching power, so I want to fight Vargas next and see what he's made of. We already know what Jesse Vargas is made of. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see why why Spence wants that fight. He, I don't know. He doesn't have he doesn't have much punch. He, Vargas doesn't have much punching power himself, <laughs> and he's like just kind of like he's. He's good at everything, but not great at one thing. It's just uh, Spence will like Spence will beat him badly. <laughs> yeah, it's another it's another mismatch. I'm with you. Um, and what I else? Just, I think I think it's an easy I think it's an easy fight to maybe he wants an easy fight to make sure that he can unify. I don't know, but um, October 13th looks like Crawford will be fighting. In Omaha, and it, Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> I should have played that clip. Uh, the four names that Bob Arum has tossed out there for his opponent: Carlos Adames, Jose Benavides, who got a win last week or might have been last night; uh, Lucas Matisse, depending what happens with the Pacquiao fight, or Amir Khan. Thoughts on those four guys for Crawford? Uh, I think I'd rather see him fight Amir Khan out of all those guys. It says Jose Benavides, who's 27-0, is viewed as the most likely guy that will be facing Crawford. Benavides fits the bill for what Aram is usually looking for in matching his stable fighters against one of his better top-ranked guys. Benavides, 26. Also a guy who's overmatched. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, Benavides, 26, isn't a threat to beat Crawford, and he's someone that could use a payday after toiling away in obscurity since he turned pro in 2013. 
At uh, one time, Benavides was viewed as a top prospect on the rise, but after his controversial 12th round, 12 round unanimous decision win over Mauricio Herrera in December 2014, and his less than impressive performance against Jorge Paez Jr. in 2015, he's no no longer well thought of by the boxing public. Great. Let's just drag. Let's just drag. Let's just drag this on forever and ever and ever and. Uh, whatever. Aaron. You know, and this once again is why Crawford doesn't sell for how good he is. Is they don't, they don't. It. How I don't. It's like it's like like watching the WWE book like Braun Strowman. Like this guy could be one of your money makers, but you don't. You don't. Why don't you showcase him? You know, and, and I'd like his, to see him in there against. I'd like to see him in there against Khan. That'd yeah, be a good fight. Yeah, I think a fight. It would be a name. It would be awesome for it. I think I would like to see it. It says Benavides Jr. and Crawford recently had words with one another that resulted in Terrence inviting him outside. Nothing happened, of course. But if they face each other on October 13th, Benavides can try and prove himself as the better fighter. I doubt that the boxing public will get excited about this fight as it's a dull one. There are only four yeah. fighters in the division that the boxing public wants to see face Crawford, and Benavides is not one of them. The fans want to see Crawford fight Spence, Porter, Garcia, and Thurman. Con Benavides yep. and Matisse aren't guys that boxing fans are clamoring for to see Crawford anymore. Likewise, Carlos Adames is not one of those fighters that the fans want to see Crawford from the 154 weight class. The only guys the fans... So Adames is going to have to move down and wait to even make this fight. The only guys that the fans would like to see face Crawford from junior middleweight is Jamal, Jamal Charlo, Jarrett Hurd, and Arizlandi Lara. Not Carlos Adamez. Yeah. Right here. I don't Aaron know, man. Needs to take a chance. Take, Aaron needs to take chances, Crawford, by throwing him in there with some of the top 154, 160, and 168 pound fighters if he's going that route. That's the only way Crawford is going to become a popular fighter. Aram isn't going to turn Crawford into a star by matching him against Jeff Horm, Carlos Adamez, or Joseph Benavides. He's got to match Crawford against guys that will beat him up like Golubkin, Canelo, Charlos, Lara, Groves, Eubank, etc. I agree. The, you know, the ultimate thing that I complain about is that the WWE does terrible with their baby faces. There's no baby face in peril. You know, if if some if you got Crawford out there and he went in there with a guy who who was was beating on him a little bit and roughing him up, and then he you know he shows out and defeats him, I think people would respond to that much better than, all right, he's going to fight this guy and then smoke him in five rounds. Yeah, he he doesn't have the sizzle by doing that that a guy like Golovkin does. Golovkin, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes. You know, for not being a U.S., you know, a, a, an American and having a, a heavy language accent, he's a very um, he's a very polarizing figure because he's entertaining the way he talks, what he does. You know, he, it's I mean, look, he got a, he's on an Apple Watch in a, in a Jordan commercial. Yeah, I can't. I we know Andre Ward was sponsored by Jordan, but tell me, I don't think Andre Ward's ever been in a Jordan commercial. I don't think I've ever yeah, seen a no. boxer really get promoted over. You know, as much as Canelo's the A side because of the boxing community, I, mean, I don't think there's ever been a boxer outside of you know Ali and Tyson and 
you know, Foreman and guys like that when the heavyweights were kings, that has done an Apple commercial and a Jordan commercial. And, you know, he was in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. In, I think I think Horn was supposed to be that guy that was maybe supposed to try and come, try and rough, try and rough. And, huh? Was that ESPN? Yeah. I mean, not, job. I'm just getting a little worked up, but it's it just like guys like us. We knew what was going to happen. We saw it happen when he fought Pacquiao, and he didn't even deserve the victory. That guy shouldn't have even yeah. been here. Yeah. Have Craw- when when Manny Pacquiao wanted to fight Crawford, Bob Irum, just have them fight each other. What are you protecting either guy for? You're sk- you know, and that's the problem is, well, what if Crawford puts a beating on Pacquiao? Pacquiao doesn't give a crap. Look how many losses he has, and he still fights these guys. You know, he yeah. didn't go and fight anyway. And if you're worried about Crawford losing to Pacquiao, who cares? Oh, my God, he lost to Manny Pacquiao. That's not like losing to, to Adrian Granados. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, take a chance with this guy. If he wins, look what it's going to do. I mean, you pick the postal who wasn't really by anybody until he upset Lucas Matisse. And then everyone was like, wow, who's this guy? Oh, Bob Aaron yeah. jumped right in and put the deep review. And it did terrible. It did like 300,000 buys or something. It was bad. Yeah. Goes well. Crawford's not a pay-per-view fighter. That's bull crap. No, he definitely could be somebody worth fighting. If you would put put Crawford Pacquiao on pay-per-view, that would sell because all those all the people that just buy boxing because they like Manny Pacquiao would would you know? I guess that's another boxing I didn't think of. You know, Pacquiao is on all those Nike commercials and stuff. But yeah. if all these casuals tune in to watch Pacquiao and then he gets his ass kicked by Crawford, you're going to retain those fans or some of them. You're not going to retain them when, you know, he's fighting on ESPN plus against Jeff Horn. True, true, true. Straighting. I thought I was going to go a whole show without getting pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that didn't happen. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Golovkin apparently is uh, nearly a two to one favorite to win the rematch. That's pretty good. Oh wow, that's um, interesting. <laughs> uh, Gary O'Sullivan uh, says he's going to be fighting on that undercard for the rematch, and he uh, supposedly will be in line to fight the winner. I told you guys. Oh, all along. Well, <laughs> why? Maybe he really. More than we did. I have no idea. Man, I would much rather see, like, Charlo get a shot or Andrade get a shot or or Jacobs get another shot at the winner. Like, Spike O'Sullivan, seriously? Are you kidding me? Jacobs and Gary O'Sullivan on the undercard, then. The two guys that are that have been linked to all this. Who who's, did you say besides Gary O'Sullivan? You cut out for a second. Have, have Gary O'Sullivan fight Jacobs on the undercard. Oh, yeah. Both guys have been linked to Canelo and, and Triple G. Why don't you just put them on the undercard? And then that way you can help build both of them if the winner gets the, the winner of the, the main event. Now you've both put them on the fight. It's, it's simple. It's, once again, it's not it's, – I don't mean to go back to the wrestling, but it's, it's what confuses me with WWE. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. This is easy booking. Yeah. This is make 
your figures more valuable to your games. Like I just I don't Bob Saget. Bob Saget. <laughs> um oh, Bob Saget. I mean, obviously the Joshua Wilder thing, which we kind of touched on. Nothing really too much for that. Um, Just excited for that. I am super excited. Yeah, I can't wait for that fight. That's going to be, oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to (laughs) be, oh, I can't wait. Um, Eddie Hearn signed Dimitri Bivol to add to his, uh, his, his fight team. Um, also, wow. David Benavides returned his $250,000 signing bonus back to top rank as he decided to not sign with them after they gave him that uh, contract and went back to Samson. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, also, I believe he's fighting July 21st. This is about the last thing I got, and we can kind of wrap up if you'd like so you can get some get some shut eye because I know you got a long yes. day tomorrow. Um there's a lot more fights than I thought. Uh July twenty first. Maybe it's maybe it's been delayed a little bit. But um uh Jamie Mungaya was supposed to be fighting uh, again. And Kel Brook uh apparently called out and said after he fights Brandon Cook on the Dillian White Joseph Parker undercard, that'll be a cool fight. Um, he wants yeah. to fight uh, Mungaya. Some people have said that is a bad decision for Kel Brook. What do you think? Oh, I think Kel Brook would beat Mungaya. You, I mean, you everyone's think the get... problem? Huh? Think his size would be an issue? I don't think so. I mean... Brook, Brook fought really well against Golovkin, and Golovkin is... True, a bigger, stronger, and way more skilled than Mungaya is. I mean, everyone's getting all hyped on Mungaya because he beat up on a severely overmatched Saddam <laughs> Ali, who like actually put in a really good effort, being how like how much smaller he was compared to Mungaya. So I, I don't know. I think I think the Mungaya hype train is. I think Brooke will derail it big time if if that's the case. And Brooke, Brooke's probably, Brooke probably knows, like, he's seen this guy fight. He's probably like, I can beat this guy. So he probably, like, sees some holes in his game or sees something that he knows that he can exploit. So I, uh, I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. Um, I sent you a picture of some guy that I'm very intrigued. His name was, uh, his name's like Innocent something. I've never seen that before. <laughs> He's a boxer? Yeah, Innocent on, on Yanwa. I think it is. I, I sent a pic, I sent you a picture and circled it. And I okay. sent you that, that TRBR website twice. I didn't mean to do that, but, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that guy goes up there with Tokakon Cleary is one of my favorite boxing games, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next week, we'll uh, we'll some more boxing, kind of previewing what's going to be left in the month of June. As we're almost into July, we're getting into that home stretch of the fall where we get a bunch of banger fights. Um, we're going to cut a little bit early here, guys. We appreciate you uh, listening with us, and we uh, 
Sorry about sorry about the the takeoff last week, but sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need a, a day off. It's just what it is. <laughs> but uh, we will uh, tomorrow. Life happens. Flip of the script. Uh, Sportscast Radio will be on tomorrow. Wrestlecast will be on Tuesday as Alex is traveling, so he will not be on. And we had a, we had a lot of stuff to watch, so <laughs> there's still some catch up we gotta play. But uh, so so flip How the was script the on those. Bank? Um, I've watched everything but the main event. Uh, which is the men's Money in the Bank match, but yeah. uh, I'll tell you this: this this will be the uh, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear any wrestling, uh, turn off now. Thank you for listening. Um, there's a, there was uh, AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura Last Man Standing. I went the full five stars. That's the first five star match I gave WWE since January of 2017. Oh man. Mhm. And I, what, I would uh, grade, what would you grade the the pay per view overall? Like, I think it's been the best pay per view of the year for the company. Um, there was a few eh moments. Uh, Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal, the crowd was chanting, uh, "We want Beach Ball," uh, CM Punk, boring. Um, there was an LOD chant for the Legion of Doom. Uh, Y2J, Y2J. There was a a chant for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, they they started doing the wave. Um, it, it was it was pretty funny how bad they were clowning that. Um, so that happened. Uh, Ronda Rousey wrestled Nia Jax, and I thought Rousey was going to die because Nia Jax threw in the air and caught her on her shoulders to do the Samoan drop. And as she fell back, Ronda Rousey didn't turn to land on her back and was still kind of lay, laying forward. I thought she broke her arm. That was disgusting. Um, what else? Had, the women's money in the bank match, I went four and a quarter on. I thought it was tremendous. So there was some pretty good stuff. NXT was really good, too, the night before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, check it out if you guys haven't. Thank you, Elijah, for tonight. I think Elijah's left. <laughs> I think I was just talking to you guys about Elijah. Thank you all for listening to us. We'll be back next week. Stay in an eight count. Have a good one, guys.